Malice Cast Actual Play. Cast actual play podcast. This is Jack Malice, the guy behind the camera, behind the microphone, behind everything. You don't normally hear my voice or see my face in the normal podcast, but uh, this is a new endeavor and um, I'd like to welcome you all here myself personally. I am one of the players. You're going to be joining us for our first episode t- today. Uh, our GM is the ever-present A.A. Ron, otherwise known as the Newport Kid. But you guys didn't come here to listen to me talk, so we are going to be playing 5th edition D&D, and I'll, we'll get right at it. In the aftermath of the fight at the Coric House uh, some months ago, the nobility in Perth has reshuffled. Uh, two houses have advanced. One has been welcomed into the nobility now, uh, and the other, uh, House Frost, has advanced one spot into the uh, former spot, uh, the, ho- the spot formerly held by House Coric. There has been nothing. No investigations, no uh, no militia involvement, no guard involvement, and none of the uh, none of the higher noble houses seem to be paying much attention to what has happened in the range of the minor nobility. Uh, the governor is not issuing statements. The governor doesn't even seem to care that housework is gone. Love it. So I'm assuming that we, the three of us, might be seeing at. Uh, Frost Manor, maybe, or wherever you like. You have plenty of properties. Uh, the the expense of uh, House Frost in the uh, Noble Quarter, uh, Noble Fifth. I'm sorry, or the Royal Fifth. I'm sorry, the Royal Fifth uh, section of the city, uh, furthest away from the docks, has plenty of space for all three of you. Um, there are also plenty of bars and places and taverns that you would like to, that you like to frequent sometimes uh depending on how much you're re- how much you're ready to get the hell away from your brothers well i would think that uh we'd be sitting having lunch in uh my sitting room slash library that are part of uh jacob's apartments i guess Apartments uh, would be the best way to describe it. All right, so uh, your house, your house does not consolidate its power as well as not not, not, not as well uh, as much as the other nobility. The other nobility seems to prefer one large manor with a few outlying uh, buildings for storage and for stabling and for things like that. Okay, so uh, we could say that Jack or Jacob has maybe a small um, like. I don't know, Koch House Koch or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So that would be the way because the entire city uh, spans two miles wide by about five miles deep. So from so, north to south, it's like five miles and five miles from east to west, it's, it's, it's two. That's a fairly decent sized city. And you only have 13 families that live at that top fifth. Okay. So, so uh, there's a lot of space. Most of the uh, other noble houses tend to secure their manners with a large wall and have one main huge house at the center of it all with outlined buildings for Sundays, like uh, for stabling and for, for uh, applying their wares. All right, so I'm going to, I'm just going to put this out here. Uh, Jacob's house would be a small little stone and wood cottage, but stone like in uh, river rock stone. So it's not really a fortified house. It's okay. more like a, um, it's built out of uh, river rock, you know, round stone with uh, standard mortaring. Gotcha. It's uh, three three rooms. It's got a it's one story. Uh, it does have a tile roof, not thatching like like a peasant would have. Uh, the there's going to be a sitting room slash library because I am a wizard. 
uh, a small kitchen. I'm assuming I have one household service. Yeah. And, uh, Three. You have butler, cook, and uh, maiden. Okay, so they all have their own rooms and then my bedroom, so I guess I, it's six rooms. Then. Well, they have they have service quarters that oh, at the, uh, they, they all share back towards the kitchen. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, of course, I have a stable for a horse. So, anyways. I'm assuming you have a horse, too. Uh, no, Jacob doesn't have a horse. I'm the only one that has a horse? Yes, Jacob does not have a horse. Anyways. Possession is nine times. Yes, possession is nine times. <laughs> and it's in my stable, so. And you can't own me. <laughs> not really. Anyway. Not yet. No, I'm pretty much done. My car's stealing, so. Yes. <clears throat> I should execute her, but I did not. The lack of outrage and the lack of investigation uh, from the higher nobility and from the guard and from the militia doesn't seem to make sense to anyone. Uh, they've kind of brushed it under as not necessarily ravings of a madman, but as a uh, uh, conspiracy theory more than anything. Uh, they don't believe that uh, Vecna can command any followers anymore uh, and that the city of Perg will be able to stand against anyone who uh, thinks that evoking the name of Vecna will give them any sort of power whatsoever. All right. So, quick description. Uh, well, is he with us yet? Yes. He would have made contact with you. It's been months since the actual altercation. He traveled in uh, three weeks ago, and he's introduced himself to you. Uh, he has not become an official member of the party as of yet, but you know him, he knows you, and well, he knows you specifically. Uh, he's been introduced to the other two, and they, uh, you, you get a, a, a sense of uh, not necessarily a noble soul, but somebody who was very driven, and somebody who was very uh, focused on backing whatever play you guys have because you know more about the story than he does at this point. Okay, so... So he's come to you basically saying, I've been told that this is happening. Let me help however I can. Gotcha. So I, I basically would think then I'm reintroducing them, him to these two for the most part, like officially at this point. That's what Jacob's thinking. So he's invited the four of them to have lunch in his cottage. Uh, He's given orders to have him seated in a very large plush uh, chair that uh, he had pulled out to meet the new paladin that that that's now his new acquired acquaintance, uh, and a very large couch for the uh, the or what, what do you call those the the chase the, yeah the like you like relaxing things chase. Uh, chase, chase lounge chase lounge yeah chase. yeah one set up for the for the cleric and a simple wooden stool. For the rogue. Uh, and he would he would come and meet you and greet you dressed in his blue and white finery that is like his house colors. Uh, Jacob is uh, a relatively attractive man in his early 30s. He has a close, close cropped beard uh, that is dark brown to match his close, close, close cropped brown hair. Uh, there is a white streak that cuts through his beard and mustache and then up into his hair. Uh, just a white streak that just goes in a straight diagonal across his face, over the top of his head. He has bright blue eyes, and uh, even while in his own home, he seems to uh, be a little on the uh, perturbed side. I'll put it that way. How's that? Good. Good visual. Uh, the paladin that you were expecting is not the paladin that you got. Uh, I normally see paladins as shining and uh, almost glowing beacons of a uh, of a particular deity. But I'll let uh, David describe exactly what you already said. Um, so when you first meet the, the paladin, um, you notice that he's half-elf. He's got the, the, the distinct ears that kind of come up his album, but that's the main thing that marks him as a half-elf. Um, he's a little bit tall, for, for what you would consider for an Elven, um, standing about around 5'9". Um, his, his skin is very pale. It's a light pale color, and his hair is, is pretty is white, which is something you notice right away. Even though he looks very young, um, he would look to be probably mid-20s of a similar human age, 
Um, his hair is very stark white. His eyes are light sky blue. And um, he's, from what you see of him, his cloak is normally drawn up. Uh, around him, it's an all black cloak that kind of goes down uh, to at least his ankles. Most of the time, if he crouches, you would see it droop to the ground. Um, and and like, like Aaron said, he's wearing a breastplate. Not shine. It's not shiny. It doesn't. Uh, looks very kind of opaque and dark. Um, and you notice he does. I wouldn't say that he's brood. He broods, but he's more of just. He, he likes to think. He likes to contemplate on what he's saying and what what comes next. Um, a little bit, a little bit of tense at times, but um, that's pretty much what you're what you're getting with him. You can tell he's very serious about whatever mission is given to him. Hey, hey, in other words, Best I know a bleach blonde Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Get wrong. No, I would say the hair the hair comes down to about shoulder length. When his when his when his hood's not up, it would come down to about shoulder length. You you get more the feeling that this guy, like you would expect to see this guy slinking through the shadows more than you would see him riding a horse charging in the battle. All right. Half That's the feeling you get. That works. That works. You're the uh you're the, the butcher of water deep. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Butcher of water deep. Okay, I'll take it. I like it. Okay, so you have no new leads uh, over the pa- over the course of two months. Like I said, we have two other characters to interact. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Do you, you want to go first? Get ahead of first. Okay. Um, so the cleric they see sitting on Chase Lounge is um, she looks pretty young. Uh, she's also pretty short too. About five two, um, wearing scale mail, um, auburn hair, so reddish brown. But her eyes are amber, so a pretty deep yellow. Um, <laughs> human variant. Uh, she, uh, you can tell by I'm assuming the holy symbol I have is it, for it stands um, loud and proud. Yeah, for um, Lathander, the um, morning bringer, right? Mm-hmm. Dawnbringer? Dawnbringer. Uh, I think it's... I don't think it's the, the morning lord. Morning lord. So, golden and red. Crimson. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. She seems very... Um, uh, she's not, like, particularly pretty. She's pretty plain-looking, but also you can kind of get the gist that she's a bit holier than thou and is constantly judging people. <laughs> oh, yes. That fit in well in this group. I'm the only one that gets judged. <laughs> feel sorry uh, for you, Lori. Well, real quick question. Uh, <clears throat> I, I put my name out there. Uh, Lord Jacob uh, Frost. What was the paladin's name? He has not said. Yeah. What was the paladin's name? The paladin's name is Beldrath. <laughs> Say that the, one more the time. The paladin's okay. name is Beldrath. Beldrath. And I think I'm getting some lag on my end. All right. It is Sir Beldrath. Though. No, I'm not a knight like, like that. <laughs> okay. It's just Beldrath. Fair enough. All right. And then the clerk is. The clerk, uh, her name is Talzy Ashen Pelt. Talzy. <laughs> Pretty short. <laughs> Talzy? Like Halsey with the T. Yeah, Talzy. Talzy. She's short, and her name is Tulsi. That's going to be easy to remember. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and what did you say the last name was? Tulsi what? Ashen Pelt. Pelt, oh, okay. All right, so the little, well, I guess I'm not little. I'm an elf. Standard wood elf look, pointy ears, dress all in leather, sitting there on my little stool. <laughs> Even elf And my name is Daisy Morningor. The elfiest elf to ever elf. Yep. To oh, elf smell. <laughs> Daisy what? Very elf. Much I'm very elf. Much ears. A lot of ears. Pretty mm-hmm. elf. Uh, um, David did not hear your name. Oh. Uh, Daisy they, Morning. I didn't hear the last name. Morning lore. Morning lore. Got it. <laughs> Alright. The, the the first two times she said it, I got like like a little lag jump right as she got to the back half of her last name and I was like, What? Morning what? I was hoping it was Woods. This party's already making me laugh. 
We got Jacob Frost. We got Tulsi. And we got Bell Dragon. Daisy. <laughs> Morning War. <laughs> well, we got somebody that follows the Donner. <laughs> and then we got Morning War. So it's like. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It just takes the. That's a gamble, too. So I'm going to go ahead and just sit down in <laughs> one of the large plush plush chairs. And uh, we, we're going to wait for the food, I guess. And a, a my little white weasel is going to be like doing its little thing where it's just buzzing around me. The weasel war dance. Yeah, the weasel war dance. All right. So while you're waiting for the food, the only uh, proof that you have, the only evidence you found of the existence of the skull, other than the uh, four uh, cultists that you fought uh, previously and killed, yes. and killed, yeah, yes. you killed off was the uh, symbol, uh, which is a corpse-like hand uh, folded around an eye. You do believe that uh, it's a direct tie to Vecna. You didn't get any sort of uh, confirmation from the people before they died about whether or not uh, it's a Vecna related artifact or a Vecna related uh, pennant, a sigil. Uh, the only, like I said, that, that's 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 the tie that you have. That's the uh, the, the first bit of evidence that you have that this cult was greater than the people that fought. You also do know that uh, Lord Corrick, uh, the young son of the uh, house Corrick before it became a dead house, uh, had the property south in the dock section uh, that he was working on the lenses that you saw, uh, and that is now property of House Frost. Yes, but none of the lenses survived, if I remember correctly. None they of the lenses did survive. Uh, the one that he had that he was working on was unfinished. Uh, the magical tempering that he was talking about, you have no idea how it works. Uh, he was the only one that had any idea of, of how it could be done. Uh, and the one lens that you uh, saw in his workshop, like I said, unfinished, but uh, it's it still, still got destroyed during the fight. Well, no, it didn't get destroyed during the fight because the fight happened in the court match proper. Oh, that's right. We were down in the docks. You right? were down by docks in uh, some of the warehouses down there that Metric. he required. It wasn't finished. It, it hadn't been tempered yet. No, it had not been tempered. It had not been uh, any, uh, it, nothing magically had been done to it yet. It had just been uh, blown and uh, forged by the Genoveses, who you also uh, had a run in with. To find where he actually did his uh, did his work. Yeah, we went to them to find where he was hauled uh, up, but we also didn't find because we searched pretty heavily and we weren't able to find any of his notes or his spell book or any of that. No, you did find the spell book. I did. Oh, that's right. I did yeah. find the spell book. The spell book was uh, on. I mean, he was not good at what he did. So uh, he was not good at being secretive. He was not good at keeping uh, his research compartmentalized. Um, the diagrams and the uh, spell forms that he drew in order to uh, conduct his work and conduct his experiments are completely foreign to you. They don't look like Arcana at all. They look like something that uh, someone who had a big idea of magic would have drawn in, in order to get from point A to point B or, without actually doing the work. Are any of the spells that are other than that in the actual spell book readable or usable? Not for you, not really. Uh, the spells that he had written down, uh, other than the basic shit that, that you in your studies have, have been able to discern and understand, uh, the things that he has written down beyond what you have uh, uh, a working knowledge of really don't make any sense to you at all. So the the person you're discussing, I'm assuming, was the guy that was actually making the lenses. Um, was he a follower of Vecna, or was he just being funded by the cult? He was being funded by, and uh, he was not being overseen. He was expected to research and experiment and deliver a product. And because he could not deliver product and got found out by these three, uh, prior to delivering that product, he was killed. Oh, okay. He tried very, very hard to stop his death, but uh, 
the the, uh, the cultists. Yeah. He was their priority target. They went for him first, and then we mopped the floor with them. Yeah, but they, they, they made sure he died. They're they're basically scorching the earth. They're trying to burn the yeah, trail we, so that they can be. Okay, gone. that's that makes a lot more sense because you know, when y'all were setting this up, I'm like, there's you mean to tell me this group went in, didn't take the guy who knows everything hostage? You know what I'm saying? I was like, you just killed him and destroyed everything. Like, why would you do that? No, they fought a decent-sized force of occultists, and they basically ignored us and went for him first. Made sure he was dead gotcha. and then engaged us. And then, uh, yeah. You just restored like, my your ability. <laughs> they almost went in like a suicide squad. They came in and just blew past me and blew past everybody else, went straight for him. And then after he was dead, then they were willing to fight with us. Roll okay. insight check. Actually, all of you, especially uh, you, since you're the, the hunter, uh, roll insight check. Yep. I got a 12. 12. 20. Uh, 16. That was a 2 plus whatever. I don't think I have insight. Where is it? It's, okay. it's just your wisdom if mm. you don't. And you don't have any wisdom bonus. No. So it's just. I got a 2. You got a okay. 2. So you're oblivious. Uh, you're kind of seeing the trail, but you two definitely in talking about this and laying it all out, they were a suicide squad. They were not meant to make it out of their life. They were there to burn and destroy as much evidence as they could and try and uh, eliminate the trail that could lead back to them. I understood. <laughs> that makes sense. It makes sense for they, they, the god they, of, god of dark secrets. At one point, we tried to get them to surrender, and they refused. They just fought to death. They weren't going to... Leave unless they were dead or all of us were dead. <clears throat> yeah. They uh they didn't back down at all. So I'm assuming you little one, you've got the talisman because your sticky fingers seem to collect everything on the table. Please? Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Moving on. So I don't have an actual drawing, but what you see on the talisman looks like this hand <laughs> grasping. <laughs> So the I eye. saw David rush back into the frame. <laughs> so. Sorry. Okay, yeah. This hand grasping that eye. That's what the talisman that she pulls down on, puts down on the table actually looks like. Well, I'm not one for religion, but I am a little bit familiar with history. That looks very Vecna to me. How about you? I'd say that's an astute observation. How about you there, Paladin? I'm just gonna call you Bell. No, I, I, I chime in and I can, you know, I confirm it. I say yes. I know for a fact that is that is the symbol of Vecna. What? Why is everybody looking at me funny? No. <laughs> well, I really don't know where to take this from here. Um, I'm not one for holy wars and, and whatnot. I do not really like cultists coming into my city. Causing problems, subverting one of the houses, even though it was Korak and they are, were not, me and my family were not favorable to each other. The loss of a, of a noble family is still a loss of a noble family. It might give people ideas that they think they can just come in and subvert a family. What's to stop them to go after from going after the Frost family next? I think, my, this is in character. I think that um, the bigger concern with the Vecna cult is if they had succeeded at what they're trying to do, this goes beyond purge. This goes beyond your city. This goes beyond this region. It affects all of the realm. It's much bigger than just your house. Yes, right now it's all theory. We don't know if it even works. Some of them haven't gotten it to work before. Yeah, well, it's pretty obvious they didn't get it to work because they had got it to work. Their goal would not have been to kill uh, little Lord Gorik. It would have been to spirit him away to get him to do more of what he was doing. So, at the very least, I highly disagree about the importance of my house here, but at the very least, we did stop this little... What, what would you like to call it? Scheme of theirs? The Another issue we have is if they're trying it with House Gorik, 
what where else are they trying it with there could be other cities other places other other sites within this city this is true and that's why i'm saying i can't affect the greater world around me but i can work with it purge to stop them from doing further here the thing that bothers you the most i agree that bothers jacob the most and would bother the paladin the most too is the lack of outcry from the upper echelons of the nobility especially the fact that the governor had a lord murdered mm-hmm. under her watch and an entire house destroyed under her yeah, watch. Yeah, that's what's bothering me. I, I, I said that. has done nothing so, other than so here's the new house in the So whenever you said, I, this is for background for me because I'm not familiar with Purge. When you said that the noble houses were ranked in an order, that made me think of, yeah. of uh, Menzo Baranzin. Is, yeah. is, this, yeah. is, this, is this like that? So... I guess my question here, with this being human, like in Menzo Baranzin, and if a house is eliminated, as long as they do it right, nobody cares. And they all go, oh, on the outside, but secretly they're like, yeah, good job. It's going to be the same here, or should there have been an outcry? You could absolutely look at it that way. What? Um, but the, the internal fighting isn't so much the problem. If one house attacks another house and absorbs that house into theirs and grows in power, that's one thing. This having, having something from outside the nobility come and attack okay. should have elicited a response. Uh, this is one step in Jacob's so that, mind. That really the peasant episode. uprising. Um, kind of, yeah. If the peasants had destroyed a family, all of the other uh, families would come down on them like a, like a lead brick. If it was a one house, like if Frost had destroyed them, in, uh, there might have been a public... Uh, don't do that again, but good job in private. Uh, this, this wasn't one of the houses, of, this wasn't my house attacking them. This was somebody from the outside. This is, uh, there should have been yeah. an immediate response from the governor and from the other houses coming down like a lead brick on their head. So that, that's got me thinking two things, or at least got my character thinking two things. One somebody somewhere in the governor's office or the governor himself has a connection to this. They have to. They're not, if they're trying to sweep this under the rug, they have to. And two, if there's not an outcry from the other houses, how many other houses are involved in this? Because if, if, if you got rid of Quark and they were involved in this, even if the, if the governor was involved in the other houses aren't, they're going to say something, but the governor's not, you see what I'm saying? But if both of them are not saying anything, that's an issue. That that or maybe they're not involved, but somebody else has got like ransom. You know what I'm saying? Well, Jacob got, got some dirty stuff going on. Are you saying this in character to Jacob out loud? Yeah, um, yeah, you can summarize that. My 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 character has voiced those concerns to Jacob. All right. Well, Jacob would respond. Those are interesting points, and that might well be the fact. But there's also a possibility of the embarrassment. The governor may just want to make this all go away and not acknowledge to the greater populace that a a noble house fell to somebody from the outside. So it might be just saving face. If it did, if we don't make a public uh, reaction to it, it didn't happen. Even if they're saving face, yes. But have you have have you from the other houses heard of? I understand about it. I would have would have I mean, I understand doing things in private versus versus things in public. But have you heard anything in private from the other houses or from the governor? You know, saying, "Hey, we, we need to we need to handle this." I'm a fourth born son of one of the lowest ranking houses. I would not hear nor see, nor would they take the time to bring me into their confidences. So it is quite possible that the governor has put out something, told my father something, said something, or done something behind the scenes, but they're not going to share that with me. Yeah. So what you had just said to my character was that, you know, you were the fourth born son of your house, blah, blah, blah. And so Beldrath says, well, my order gave me you as my point of contact. That's probably because my order is very, very good at having knowledge of these things. So if if I was told to come to you, what? I believe that's probably because I believe, in my opinion, 
I'm the only one in the in the gentry, the nobility, so far that sees this as being an issue. I faced these cultists with uh, present company. I see it as being an issue, and I feel a need to stop it. So, and I've been outspoken about that, even though I've been shut down by everybody else. Outspoken or not, my order would know. Who, who is who is really trying to to go against Vecna in this? The fact that they sent me these are probably the highest ranking people, the most in faith in the houses above you and their participation in this effort. Well, um, that's getting deep into the intrigues of Purge, and I don't have a feeling that I have the the capability to really delve too deep there. So we're going to have to work around the outskirts of the edges of the nobility. I could probably poke in and get some information, but they're not going to openly speak to me about how they feel and what's going on and what their plans are, if they're involved and what their plans are to defend themselves if they're not involved. My father hasn't even spoken to me, and when I spoke to him about this, I attempted to, to bring it up. Um, I was basically ushered out because there was other more pressing family business that needed to be attended to. Okay. More of a but I still, go away, boy. I still welcome me. I still, I still welcome any help and any aid you can give me in, in seeking to sort out this 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 cult. Would be greatly appreciated. The only lead that we have is this amulet here, the sticky fingers you picked up. You're welcome. And I have no idea where to go with it from that. Um, can I do a real quick investigation on it or look at it in any way? I mean, I'm, I'm not good at investigation. I'm not proficient. I got my intelligence modifier. Uh, is there any like investigation and uh, insight roll? Well, my investigation came out as a 13, and my insight roll is going to be a 16. Is there any distinguished marks, any tool marks on this, any kind of maker's mark or anything like that that I could find or see that? might point me towards where this thing came from. From what you can tell, the forging of this, because uh, it's steel uh, and onyx, not circular, uh, disc, disc, yeah. So you've got the circular uh, backing of steel with the onyx uh, filigree and not onyx filigree, uh, the onyx stone carved into the shape of the hand and a pearl. That's uh, mimicking the eye. So a, a a very talented jewel crafter made this. Very. There, there is no maker's mark. There's no maker's mark. And there's uh, the, the, the only thing that's really distinguishing about it is the level of skill that it would have taken to make something like this. Yeah, so it's very odd. A, a, a master... Jewelcrafter made something this 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 fine. Didn't mark it with the maker's mark. The only who, who did within fifty miles that you could think of that this level of craftsmanship would come from is in the city. And is there a, a, a royal or noble family that is our jewelcrafters, jewelcrafters, or have anything involved in that? Or is there a jewelcrafter? Um, that might be in the city that might have done this work that I or I could go talk to that might have possibly done some work like this. For the Ooh. obsidian, the only the thing onyx, I mean, yeah, onyx, sorry. Uh, for the onyx uh, work, the only people that you could think of is the uh, sixth house, the Glocks. Sixth house, the Glocks. Yeah, G L O T S K. Gonsk. Okay, so who did who did she rip this amulet off of? Well, off one of the cult members that died. One of the cult members that they killed. Off the head of the cult members. She took it off the, their leader. Gotcha. I didn't recognize his face. He was just a, a just a a normal everyday person. I'd never seen him before. He wasn't one of the noble families. So the Glocks. What what race for the cultists? They were all human. All of them. Yeah. Um, so Glocks could do onyx work like this, or they they they, they could do stone crafting like this with ease. With ease. 
So that kind of leads us toward them as our next. But they're they're way their their level of prestige is much higher than the frosts. So the odds of me being able to get an audience with anybody in that family is very 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 low. Uh, we might be able to go to one of their crafting houses and take a look at there and follow that up. Uh, but other do, than that, do, I don't think I'm going to get you much of an in. Does the Glotsk, Glotsk house, do they, do they actually make this themselves on their compound or are they patrons of a particular like stonework or jewel craft or whatever that makes this? That could make this. Think of the Glotsk as the Gordon Ramsay's, and they have an, a very, very well-established base in the merchant uh, base in the merchants' quarters, where the people that they have trained to be as good as them all work, and they pay uh, tribute to the. They, they basically control the stone cutting trade in Purge, and they trained enough people so that they have a very, very high quality work base. And then for every stone cutting job that any of those do, any of the people that they've trained do, they get a cut. Like my family. Okay, so they have, so they would have like a compound or headquarters or something in the merchants district where they they, they train have their, their own. Compound and... in the noble noble fifth, uh, which okay. is where the entirety of the family lives, and they will go and they will uh, oversee in the merchants fifth uh, the uh, people that they trained, and they will oversee the operations on day to day, and make sure that everything's running smoothly. But they are not as skilled as they are. They are not hands-on workers anymore. How long have they been? Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, my interpretation of Jacob's interpretation of how the houses work is we all kind of have cornered one particular guild aspect, uh, like stone cutting, uh, or my family. Uh, we train we train fighters and. We don't necessarily do the stuff anymore, but we control the people that do these things. Mm -hmm. So my family controls, like, we don't control the militia, but we prepare the troops for the militia. So the Glocks or Glocks, whatever, now you're Glocks, Glocks, Glocks. How long have they been involved with jewelry and stone cutting. Probably as long as my family has. Since, since, the, the, uh, since the purge. Yeah. My family took its power the past the purge. The past century. Yeah. My father is the uh, the seventh frost. Seventh lord of the frost. So... How old does this talisman look? How old? Yeah. No more than a few years. It doesn't have very much wear and tear. It looks like it's been meticulously taken care of. Is there a lot of uh, marks on it that being shined and cleaned, or does it look pretty smooth? And oh, new? It, look, it looks really. Uh, it looks not too well worn, but you can tell that it's been buffed and shined and oiled and massively. Uh, coddled, or it's uh, however long it's been uh, in existence. So I'm leery of going to one of the tool shops or one of the gem cutters and dropping this down on the table in front of them and going, which one of you made this? Uh, that would be tipping our hand very, very early. But at the same time, that's our only lead. So I will leave it to you. Uh, you are the investigator here. Where do you think our next step is? <laughs> I think our step is to go to one of these one of these places, see if we can't find one of the slaves. Because the slaves are in there, they're the, the unseen eyes. And there are no slaves um, in purge, my friend. And I take it uh umbrage to the thought that there are slaves in purge. My my apologies. One of one of the servants, one of the servants of the house. I feel like th those are the unseen eyes that can can give us some insight 
into who it is, who it was without tipping our hand. Uh, I found that I found that amongst some of my kind of a few gold in the right hands and get you all the information you need. Fair enough. Peasants are easily bought with gold. However, with with all due respect, Lord Frost, I, I would I would suggest that you do not come along with this venture. Uh, a nobleman of your stature hanging around a servant's quarters might draw some attention. It's easy for me to hide, and I am not of high stature. You seem to forget I'm the fourth son of a very, very low house. Yes, but a nobleman in a servant's quarters, a nobleman of any rank in the servant's quarters, tends to draw an eye. Well, my... Uh, my I can uh, make him not look so noble. My affiliation with the sticky-fingered one draws has already tainted my reputation enough. I don't think that they would bat an eye of me being there. But if you so wish... I can make you look, look not look normal. noble. I would feel more comfortable, sir, if you did not look like Lord Frost. Not just for your sake, but for the for whoever we speak to, if they recognize you, they may be a little bit more hesitant to talk to us. That, but if the higher-ups are trying to cover this up, from being embarrassed, or if it goes deeper than that, you snipping around there isn't going to help. I can well, make you not look like him. We could. But sir, I'm not saying that you can't go. What I'm saying is we need you to not look like you, if that well, makes any sense. We could do that, or I could be in the general vicinity, and you could call me in for assistance. If you Whichever want to you feel more comfortable with, good sir. If you want to lead the charge... I can accompany you down there, peel off, hang the general area, and allow you to uh, do your thing, your investigation. <clears throat> and then if you need me, you can always call for me. That sounds good to me. Thank you. So I think that's our plan of action, uh, Aaron, is we're going to head down to the Merchant's, merchant's Fifth. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I look, I over, I look over at the, uh, the sticky-fingered elf. And before she gets her, because I can tell she's already itching towards that pendant, I scoop it up and I hand it over to the paladin. Okay. No, I'm not wanting to like change the way you look right Thank now. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I am going to go grab one of my cloaks. Is it, what month or what, what, what season are we? Is it cold outside? Uh, it's fall. It's fall. So, so, so I can go grab one of my heavier cloaks yeah. with a hood and throw that on. <laughs> You do know I have a disguise kit, and I can disguise. Yeah, you. I ain't letting you touch my face with those those dirty, dirty fingers. <laughs> okay. Any way of us communicating, like a message stone, or do you have anything like that that hey. we can use to communicate with you? Nope. I'm basically, Jacob's being stubborn and won't touch his face, so he's removing himself since you don't feel that he should be there from the uh, from the uh, interaction because he will not let you or the rogue touch his face. He's a little particular about that. Okay. So I tell, so as Beldrath, I tell Jacob, I say, good sir, I have a signal whistle. If you hear three short blasts from that signal whistle, that means we're in trouble and I need you. Okay, now. You have a reef whistle. Got it. <clears throat> so it's midday. You guys just had lunch. You guys have plenty of time to get out to, uh, real quick before you move on. Uh, they, the, the, the paladin served and the, the uh, cleric is served the same thing I'm served. It's squabs stuffed with onions and parsley and parsnips, uh, covered in big, thick, heavy, heavy gravy with goblets of ale. The rogue is served a chicken. I a won't chicken. eat it. You won't eat the chicken? I'm an elf. I won't eat it. Hey, chicken, elf eat meat. Especially wood elves. Not mm-hmm. me. Yeah. What el- what elves would eat? They're definitely not vegan. Vegan elf. I am a vegan elf. All right. Well, in that case, then you, they're just serving because uh, he would know that. Then they would have, they would serve you nothing but just mashed tubers with just no no seasonings or nothing. It's just here. That's okay. I'm a wood elf. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> You're trying to bother me. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> That's delicious to me. <laughs> just hearing something I like. You would see that as an insult, but if you like it, you're good. Your poor character is going to have so much, such a bad iron deficiency. 
Alright. Cool. After lunch is finished, you guys have plenty of time to make your way down to the merchant's quarters. Merchant's fifth. Jesus, I can never remember that. Well, because everybody's used to the quarters. Yeah. Uh, so you make your way down to the merchant's fifth. <clears throat> the uh, fifth is set up to just, it's there's no order to the chaos whatsoever. It's just whoever got there first, stake their claim, and that's where they built their empire, their little empires on. Is it this? Is is this the fifth right below the normal fifth? Normal fifth, or is it? Because the peasants are up very bottom, but very low. But that's the well, one before, before, before the docks. It's the dock, then the peasants' quarter or peasants' fifth. So you have the royal fifth in the north, the commercial fifth in the yeah, right below commercial that. fifth, right below that, the residential fifth, and the merchants. Right by the docks. So what's the difference between commercial and, and merchants? Merchants are the people that have come from offshore. Okay. And so that's like some the foreign fifth then? Some some of them have some of the commercial fifth have bled down into that merchants fifth. Okay. So you have the expansion from the royals down to the merchants. I mean not down to the commercial. And then you have the residential that's the original part of the city. Okay. And then they expanded down and for and then forge the docks. All right. Well, as we're walking down there, uh, Jacob has an idea, and he turns and looks at you before we. As soon as we get into the the commercial area, there's got to be a family or a merchant family that I have ties to. Probably a weapons monger of some tor- of some type or an armor armor, armor monger. Uh, they're probably controlled by a different family, but since my family does a lot of the training of mercenaries and outfitting of the mercenaries. We have to have some connection to them. Is there somebody that might be favorable to my to me and my family that we could stop into on the way down there? That's not a jewel smith, but is a a, a craftsman, a workman, and of himself. House Boz. House Boz. Seventh House of Purge, and they are the primary go-to for the militia and for the guard. Forging of their weapons. Okay, so uh, I would assume that he's a man that there, 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 would there be a smith there that I bought my sword from? That not necessarily that you directly bought your sword from, but <laughs> there's a guy you know that works for House Buzz in the Merchants' Quarters that does work strictly for your father. Okay, so he's like a broker then. Not this, not not a broker, but he is the one who's contracted to make all the weapons for the sea card. Well, uh, Bell, would you be a, yeah. opposed to stopping in and speaking with him first before we move down and see the jewel crafter? Yeah, if it if it gives us some insight, if we can glean some valuable insight, then I'm all for it. Maybe do you want me present, or do you yeah. want to speak to him alone? Say that again. Do you want me to be present, or do you wish to speak to him alone? I, I feel that you and the cleric are more than willing or more than worthy enough to speak with him at the same time I do. Wow. <clears throat> okay. And I shall accompany you. All right. So we're going to stop in and see this guy. What, what's his name? Nathan. Nathan. Okay. So we're going to go. And, and he's not a broker. He's an actual smith, then? He is the smith that's in charge of the all the uh, journeymen that are underneath him. So he's, he's the master. He's smith. the master. All right. So we'll, we'll stop by his shop, and uh, uh, I will kind of pop my, my hood back as we enter into the shop uh, for my cloak and uh, lead the way and see, look around, and see if I can see a journeyman or an apprentice. There's plenty of journeymen working around the forges. Uh, all of them are on task. So it's a very well-run, uh, very meticulous shop. All of them seem to be focused on their work. Uh, most of them don't even pay attention to the fact that somebody's coming in because there are constantly people going in and out uh, of the uh, of the first. As soon as we step through the door, I pull my hood back, and I will briefly try not to take anything to the, uh, to the elf. And then wig down an apprentice or a journeyman. Of course, my lord. What? Can I help you? Lord Frost. 
to speak with Nathaniel. Nathan, Nathan. Nathan is in his office. He should be uh he should be able to take you, sir. Uh, by all means, let me do you know the way? I don't think I've ever been here actually. Well then I will leave you. And he uh shuffles you back through the forges. Uh, and there's the, the elf has got a shaking <laughs> grin. She's she's picking up dice like she's sneaking so and putting in her pocket. So I think he's gonna try to swipe something. <laughs> what are you trying for? Um anything that looks anything that's not nailed down. Anything that's not nailed down is <laughs> gonna cost a lot of money. <sighs> that's well. I'm gonna add my sleight of hand. Just a no, roll for uh, uh sneak. Perception. Yeah. Or perception? Yeah. So just, that's gonna be fourteen, babe. Okay. So fourteen perception. You don't really see anything that it, you're in the middle of the forges. So most of the steel that you're gonna see is gonna be either hot or it's gonna be in the middle of tempering or it's gonna be in the middle of the cooler. So most of what you see, I mean, there's not a lot of because this is a place that they're doing all the swords for the uh for the guard. So it's not going to be anything ornate. It's not going to be anything uh, really eye-catching for you. Okay. Or finished. Or finished, yeah. But well, <laughs> there would be like a dagger or something that might catch her eye? I don't know. There, there's, like I said, this is this is the forge. It's not the showroom. Okay. Well, so, good thing we're not here. <laughs> most, this this shop is more... In here are either going to be swords that are stuck up and are cooling without hilts or guards or anything like that on it. Uh, this is, it's it, everything here is in the middle of preparation. Uh, this, this shop is more about quantity than quality, right? Well, yeah, definitely yeah. more about quantity than quality for sure. Uh, then my sword probably didn't come from here, but that's cool. Not from this direct forge, but one of the uh, secondary forges that they do most of the custom and uh, and noble work. This right here is just about mass production. Well, actually, my short sword probably came from here because it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's very, very bland and mundane. It's a peasant's blade. My long sword is the pre, you know, filigree <clears throat> bullshit. It doesn't that make a statement on your character? <clears throat> What's that? The fact that the sword <laughs> that you have on your the fact that the sword you have on your back is the one you don't use, but the one you do use is cheap and for peasant. Yeah, but it's the blade that I'm the best with. No, I know, but it's not. I didn't think Jacob for wasn't a hypocrite. <laughs> Yeah, I look like a little porcupine with all my weapons. I have a long sword I can't even use. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say Jacob wasn't a hypocrite. He's just really good with the short peasant's blade. I find it symbolic. <laughs> because even even with his blades, the nobles shouldn't work and the peasants should. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks, David. I appreciate that. <laughs> he gets it. I'm not going to dirty my noble blade on somebody's yeah. blood. I'll use the peasant blade for that. Not what a peasant could do the job. Peasant blade is for peasants, and the noble blade is for the nobles. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And he sucks at being a noble, which is why I can't use the noble blade. I'm not bad with it. I just don't get as good with it. So the journeyman right. leads you back through the forges. Uh, it's very, very hot in here. Uh, they don't have any sort of shield or anything like that on the, fo- on the forges. What's that? Said so, uh, no ventilation. No ventilation, no no uh, no shielding on the forges or anything like that. So it's literally 20 degrees hotter in here than it is outside. Well, it's cold outside. So back towards the office, uh, there's just a blank wall with one door set in it. And the doors hang open. And he says, by all means, knock and, uh, and, and uh, Nathan will be in there. And he leaves you. Uh, Jacob just looks at her, at the the elf thief, and goes, "Just gives you the look like." What? Points at the door. It's the door. I'm not opening the door for you. Knock. I knock on the door softly, <laughs> quietly. Okay. <laughs> Just a little tap. It's hard to be this much of a jerk. I, I'm, I, I feel bad. 
Especially since the elf is my wife. Yeah, it's hard. I can't. It's not in my nature to act like this. It's hard. I remember when I played Oni and I bullshit. Bullshit. Cathartic. Don't get me wrong. No, this is not cathartic. This is hard. To think like this and act like that, it's really hard to be that obnoxious and pretty. It's the name of the game. You're playing somebody who's not you. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's really hard to be that big a prick. And I'm sarcastic and, you know. Yeah, well, that's easy for you. That's that's just you. <laughs> it's just, it's hard, dude. I've like, never, I've never been good at being a big prick. Tap, because he said not. Oh, well, you pulled it off pretty well, yeah, Jack. Possible. Oh, thank you. Thanks, David. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. You're really good at playing a jerk prick. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so, you knock very, very lightly. <laughs> the door slams close. It's only open about six inches. <clears throat> The door slams closed as soon as you knock. And about this much of a dagger is poking through part of the door. Door has pointies. <sighs> Jacob steps forward. Is it locked? Crack! Kicks his foot right up against the door. Not kicking the door in. Just crack, crack, crack real hard with his toe. Ain't gonna touch it with his hands. You see the tip of the dagger go and retreat through the door, and it opens. And standing in front of you is a man in leather armor with very, very dark, very, very long hair. And he's got two sheaths right here, one of which is empty because he's holding a dagger in his hand. Another has a dagger, very, very nice, very ornate folks. You do not recognize him, uh, surprisingly. Uh, it's not Nathan. And he's, what the fuck do you want? My hood's back. I'm here to speak to Nathan. <sighs> Nathan's occupied. Who are you? You're the Frost Boy, aren't you? Yes, where's Nathan? <sighs> you obviously don't know who I am. That's fine. Well, two yeah. blades, boss. Say that again. Sorry, Aaron. Two blades, boss. Two blade, boss. You recognize that name. He's okay. the head of the house. Oh, he's the head of House Boss. House Boss. Uh, Okay. And you said Boz was the second ranking house? No, they're the uh, Boz is seventh. Seventh. Okay. And so he introduces himself. Did he extend his hand? Two blades, yes. And he extends his hand toward you. The hand without the knife. Uh, well, John will, or excuse me, Jacob will pull his, flip his uh, cloak back to free his arm and he'll reach up and, and lock arms with the guy. He goes, my lord, sorry to bother you. Um, I was told by the crewman that Nathan was in his office and was free to speak with him. I'm sorry if he's busy right now, I can leave. They don't know what's happening. Hey. I'm finished. You may have. Thank you, both shuffles you inside and moves away. Uh, he gives uh, uh, Lord Boz a little bow. Does the I don't know. I'm not sure what the etiquette would be within a uh, brunch. Need to bow necessarily to cross pretenses enough. He shuffles you in and makes his way out and shuts the door behind you. Nathan, you see sitting behind his desk, white as a damn sheet. Uh, Jacob, what? What do you? Are you okay, my friend? I just got a ripping. Uh. He didn't look very happy. I've never met Lord Bosman before today. He's a good man. He's just, uh... Turn it. <laughs> Lord Boz is not happy, but he's a good man. Uh, what do you need? What can I do for you and your friends? Thank you for uh, tuning in and listening to us uh, with the first episode of The Vecna Code, uh, brought to you by Malice Corp. I have Mrs. Malice here. She's, Hi. She's uh, one of, another one of the wonderful players. I the, play Daisy. The elf that's going to stab the jerk Jake in the back, Jacob in the back eventually. And steal more chairs. And steal more chairs. We haven't got to that part yet. Just spoiler alert. So thanks for tuning in and listening. If you want to hear more, let us know. Make sure you give us the reviews. Tell us what we're doing bad, what we're good. 
Come on by Malice Corp for the normal every week podcast at 8 p.m. Pacific time over at Twitch. Hosted by Mess. Yeah, hosted by Mess. I can't think of anything else. That's a usual problem. Yeah, I am. You know what? Thanks again, and tune in next time to find out what Nathan has to say to the rest of the group and whether they all decide they just want to get rid of the nobleman because he's a bit of a prick. He needs to be better.